Guess who's back? Back, back again. again. <laughs> Baby mom is back. Tell a friend. <laughs> it's uh, it's felt like it's been less easy to do this regularly, which is weird because nothing's really changed. I mean, uh, I know I'm pregnant, <laughs> but everything has changed. It's not like our schedule's any different. No, but you are less useful. <laughs> Yeah, and I am clearly the backbone of this operation, so as soon yeah. as I start to falter, then... Also, know. I'm busier now because Ange is so tired, so, so tired all the time. And so that means I do more chores, more cooking, more cleaning, and sometimes more cooking for absolutely no reason. <laughs> yeah. So I don't have as much time, and you are just sleepy i guess so i don't know i can't really put a finger on how i feel i did vomit that happened Ooh, what an exciting story tell us all about <laughs> it well i was lying in bed i took the day off work because i felt like shit i also had a cold and it was like at its worst at that point and i also a- just fyi folks just a little tip if you're sick and you're gonna be around someone who's pregnant tell them beforehand so they can be like no no thanks yeah just just wash your hands when Mm. you're asked to (laughs) Jaden. yeah um anyway uh yeah so i got sick i had a pounding headache i didn't want to eat anything this is what i think happened because i've realized that the more disgusting i feel and the less i want to eat is because i need to eat so what happened that day was that I came out into the kitchen and I was like, can you make me like pickles and cheese and French toast? And you're like, yeah, okay. And then I went back to bed and then like an hour went by and I was starting to feel more and more sick. And I was thinking like, okay, any minute she'll bring me the food. She'll bring me the food. It was not an hour. That is it was a big a fat quite lie. a while. It was a big fat lie. It was not an hour. It was a long time. It was time maybe like think. 15 to 20 minutes. No, yes. no way. Yes. No, no. You have no idea what happens when you get into cleaning mode and that's what happened she started cleaning stuff and i had to clean the kitchen so i could make you the french toast yeah but what you were doing was like vacuuming or some shit i don't recall that anyway the point is is that i didn't get food when i needed it the point is that it's my fault that you threw up Yeah. yeah and then when i finally got my shake and my food it was like too late and i was too far gone and then i No, you had already had a shake you had already had a shake before you threw up uh no yes. yeah exactly because so by the time by the, the time i got the f- the shake it was too late and it just came back up because i was like past the no, threshold no, no. when you asked for the other food you had already eaten or already had your morning shake no. and you were asking no. for more food yes no 100 percent yes no because the way i vomited because <laughs> your stomach like keeps it in layers apparently was that shake came up and then pickles and cheese came up, which means that the shake was the most recent thing to be eaten. No. I know. No. I vomited it up. I know. You had the shake before the pickles. Anyways, this is a really just I had fascinating radio here. At the same here. time, because you gave, brought them in at the same time. So fucking feed me when I ask you to, oh motherfucker. My God. And then I made all this French toast. I go to all this effort to make this French toast for her, and she's like, I don't want it anymore. No, I did eat it. I ate it. You ate it like three days later. No, you had, I you ate it one later pe- that day. You had one piece like two hours yeah, later. Yeah, I was sick. I know. I'm just saying it's it's sometimes annoying. Yeah, it's, it's not tough. my fault. It's tough because I have to do everything. So I'm trying to meet all of your needs, but also do everything else that needs to be done, like cleaning up the house because that's important too, especially the litter box, which you cannot do. So I'm feeling maybe a little overworked at the moment, shall we say? Most days it doesn't really bother me because I'm happy to do it. I know you can't, but some days I get tired. <laughs> well, and sometimes, some days I'm grumpy because I haven't slept very much. So, you know, 
mostly it hasn't actually been a fight or an issue. This is maybe the first irked conversation we've had. And it's probably got more to do with the fact that I have not had very much sleep. Why don't we start off by reading some awesome fan mail that we got? Yes, we got probably one of, this is definitely one of my favorite um, messages we've received from fans. It. Uh, I'll read it out. I'll try and, it's a little long, but whatever. What are you guys doing? You're listening to us talk, so. <laughs> I'll read a little, the whole thing. little bit of a masturbatory moment. Yeah, total humble brag moment, but it's just the cutest message. I really, like, we both totally appreciated it so much. Hey, Angie and Jackie. So my partner's been trying to get me to write you for months now. I haven't because I feel like such a fangirl. <laughs> I can't believe we have fans. It's weird. Um, I can't tell you how much I love your podcast. I've listened to every episode, many of them twice. We've been trying to conceive since September, and your podcast is what has gotten me through. We didn't tell anyone that we were trying, so it's been a pretty lonely time. I can't imagine all the couples who have gone through this without your humor, knowledge, experience, and openness. Plus, I feel like we have a ridiculous amount in common. Every episode, it's something else. We're feminists. I have anxiety and like to think about death right before sleep. My wife has a mom with an unfortunately completely untreated mental health issues who needs a lot of support and doesn't always appreciate it, especially when it's from me. We have insane student loan debt. We want to move to a lesbian commune and talk about it way too much since we cannot afford to live, raise babies in San Francisco. I'm obsessed with the Duggars, and my wife thinks I'm a wacko for it. We love cider. This sounds like our, our like, counter... I don't our know, American our, like, counterparts. Our American counterparts, totally. Um, anyway, I started joking when I come back from a walk, having listened to your podcast, that I was just talking to my Canadian friends, and I update Dre about your lives. Well, each month I've thought, okay, as soon as Angie and Jackie are pregnant, I'll get pregnant. You're always two to two and a half weeks ahead of me, and I just figured it would be a good omen. Then, when you guys had to skip November, I was like, okay, it's up to me to get all of us pregnant. <laughs> and I got pregnant. We found out the first week of December, and for the rest of the month, I was thinking such good thoughts for you two and hoping that you'd get pregnant this month, too, so that we could go through this process together. And you did! I think I cried the same amount at your news as I did when I found out I was pregnant. Though that's mostly due to taking the test at 6 a.m. and not being able to tell if it was really a faint line or not. Anyway, as wonderful as it was to hear your perspectives on trying to conceive, it's just as amazing to hear you reflect on early pregnancy. This shit is hard. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> um, I feel like I should be all glowy and sunshine and rainbows, but I have felt like crap for weeks and weeks now. The constant nausea and in the last couple of weeks throwing up twice a day, the exhaustion and oh my God, the anxiety. Everyone. Well, not everyone. Like I said, my wife's mom has a lot of issues, especially with me is so excited that we are pregnant, and I am too. But I'm just so terrified of losing the baby or of something else going wrong. It's not just, it's not the happy, joyous time I thought it would be. So this has been long and rambling. I just wanted to say thanks for the podcast. Even though we don't know each other, I felt like we've gone through this process with friends. If you ever want to reach out and vent to someone who is going through it at the same time with like three weeks of extra wisdom and is a stranger but not an annoying mommy chat rumor, feel free. <laughs> That is so awesome. That, honestly, we got that message on a day when I was just having a crappy day and I was miserable and we read that and it like completely changed my entire attitude. I was laughing. It made me so happy. Yeah. And thanks for getting me pregnant. Yeah. I mean, I didn't realize we had you to thank for this. So we clearly owe you. Our baby? No. (laughs) I mean, you can have visitation (laughs) rights, maybe. Middle name, maybe. <laughs> but yeah, thanks so much. We're so happy to hear messages like that from people. And and we we feel like we're going through this with friends too, with, with all of you. It's really such a fun way of like connecting and sharing this like weird adventure that we're on. Yeah, um, and throwing up twice a day. Ugh. That and al- sucks. Also, I feel like I do my fair share of venting on here. <laughs> Um, but I really appreciate the offer. It's nice. Um, another person I may or may not vent about you with is Sandra. (laughs) You vent about me with Sandra? No, I mean, I say what wonderful things you are doing and saying and how awesome it all is. What are you saying? Like, oh, she's growing a baby. She doesn't feel good. What a bitch. Yes. That's exactly what I say. (laughs) Oh, all of her like energy and everything is like creating bones inside her body. What a motherfucker. Pretty much. Yeah, that's pretty much how it goes. You guys are assholes. You don't know what we talk about, okay? <laughs> Me and Sandra are like, you know, it's, we have like our own special thing here. Okay. 
Anyway, thanks, San Francisco <laughs> friends. We will totally write back to you and start a start a little pen pal situation. Yeah, and um, as with any listeners, if you ever are in the area and you want to meet up, we are super open to that. I think it's uh, it's really fun making friends from all over the place. Yeah. Um, and we have to recruit people for our commune. So if any of you are like wealthy lesbian couples <laughs> with babies and want to buy a bunch of land and like work together to have like a perfect little community, just let us know. We're totally into that. We'll do screening interviews. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it would be like the best gated community. We're just like nobody else. Gated? Gated. <laughs> <laughs> That's terrible. But yeah, I don't know. I feel like it's, it's yeah, there's a lot of anxiety involved. It's it's hard because you really want to feel excited and you want to feel like this, oh, it's this relief and you're feeling so happy and you're looking forward to this little person who's going to change your entire world. But it's like, oh my God, what if something goes wrong? I like yeah. try to keep those thoughts away. My anxiety lately has been around this article, this new article that I read. Oh, she needs to stop. With the reading of the things on the internet. Anyway, it was the study that was done that said that they've noticed immune responses in mothers correlates with kids having autism, possibly. I just want to point out, correlation is not causation. I know. We understand science here, so that doesn't mean that it's the reason for autism. I know, but then it freaked me out because then I was like, I had a cold, my kid's going to be autistic. Or like, my gums hurt. And then I read somewhere that, like, gum disease can lead to miscarriage. So that's freaking me out. But then I also read that your gums just get sensitive because your your blood flow is all fucked up. So. Yeah, I I think you should still, I still, I, like, try and reiterate this, that you should listen to what our midwife said and don't Google stuff. I haven't been Googling things. This was in books that you want me to read. Oh. <laughs> I know. I feel like it's a fine line. Like, I want to be informed but some of the stuff, like, you know, you find out too much and then you just, like, can't stop assuming that, like, oh, that horrible worst case scenario is going to happen to us. Or we're going to get that super rare, w- really weird, like, birth defect or, like, whatever. Yeah. Oh, my God. I know. And then anytime I talk to, like, my friends who are parents, they're like, well, it doesn't get any better after the kid comes out. Then you're going to be worried even more. I'm like, Ugh. <laughs> Yeah, but I feel like you do have more... To a certain degree, you have more control once they're born. And you can, like, look at them and be like, they're okay. I know that I can, like, feed them vegetables and make sure that there's no, like, wild dogs running around. You yeah. know what actually freaks me out? What? If we do go... Wild dogs? If we, okay. <laughs> when we go to Australia, uh-huh. fucking spiders biting my baby. Oh. We're going to be, like, in the woods. Uh-huh. One's going to crawl into You know, pe- that doesn't actually happen as often as you think it does. I don't know. I don't live in Australia. Are we going to be leaving our baby like to like be alone in the wilderness? <laughs> yeah. How else are we going to party? He's going to stick it in like an upside down crib in the bush. Oh, okay. Good No, plan. but like when we're sleeping, if it's in like a cradle or whatever next to the bed, spider or scorpion or whatever the fuck they have in Australia <laughs> coming and biting my baby. You know, they have babies in Australia and they all serve. Most of them, probably just as many as here, survive. So I don't think there's a lot of spider bite deaths <laughs> in infants. I don't in know. Australia. I'm gonna have to look into it. Uh, the other thing that's really stressing you out is the flight to get to Australia. Is a lot of them go, especially a lot of the cheap ones that we're finding, go through Asia, and that's stressing you a lot. I don't think it's a good idea to take a barely vaccinated. She'll or he will only have their first set of vaccines, which doesn't mean they're t- completely I know immune. Oh, I know. And take them through Asia where we don't have any of those antibodies. And we're going to be on a plane with closed circulation of air. I know. There are definitely more things that we could be as- exposed to in Asia. I understand that. But I think you can only do so much, you know, like you have to mediate the risks as much as you can, but then you can't go nuts with it. Like we literally cannot put our baby in a bubble. No, but we don't have to go through Asia. That's not something I know. That we have to it's do. just hard because all the cheaper flights are through Asia right now. And that's sucky. It just, it freaks me out. I know. It's, and I'm not saying I'm not worried about it either. It's just, it's a really hard thing to 
make a decision about. So yeah, I think that we're gonna have to. Well, it sucks because we need to book the tickets before the baby's born. Mm-hmm. But I want to talk to someone like a doctor or someone about it and be like, would you do it with your baby? Would you fly through Asia and just see what they say? Like, and who knows when? Like with the vaccine schedule, what if we can't get in before? Yeah, I'm also like worried about we have to get a birth certificate and a passport in less than two months for this baby while, you know, adjusting to being parents and like feeding it and keeping it alive. So I I don't know. There's a lot of things to worry about, but it's it's too easy to get caught up in all those worries. We have to just like take it one thing at a time. There's only so many things we have control over, like you said, and just try and like be as rational and uh, informed about it as we can. I think the best thing to do since we are finding out the gender is to like fill out all the shit beforehand and then just leave the birth date off, mm-hmm. stamp in the birthday mm-hmm. and then send it off as soon as we can. But then you need pictures. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm feeling more anxious just from talking about it. Oh my gosh. Um, anyway. But you know what? Everything is going to, everything's going to be fine. Maybe things, by the time we out. get there, we'll just be like, whatever. Yeah. Who knows? I mean, worrying about it isn't going to change anything. Yeah. We just have to make a decision of like what's more important, saving the money and going through Asia, even if it's like a short, like one and a half hour stopover or spending extra money and going through LA or something. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. or getting a direct flight, which would be like crazy luxurious Yeah, uh, and s- probably a lot more expensive. So um, one thing that I have noticed is that I'm very irritable. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> what <laughs> just <laughs> that kind of came that is so like a minimal minimalist like minimized sort of way of presenting how you've been lately it's sort of like yesterday when she was trying to figure out what she wanted to eat and i kept asking her what do you want me to make you i can make you food what would you like what would you like she couldn't give me an answer so she's like looking in the kitchen looking in the cupboards looking in the fridge being like super super agitated and annoyed and she's like (laughs) (laughs) so ridiculous oh she's sitting like kind of crouching in front of our like pantry cupboards and then she just (laughs) laid down on the kitchen floor and started bawling because she couldn't figure out what she wanted to eat and I was like What's happening? Are you really crying? Are you okay? What's what's going on? Are, and she was like, I, I don't know what to eat. <laughs> I was like... I like that my pain is such a source of entertainment for you. you it was look- really difficult. It is really difficult. I know, but you looked so ridiculous. You were literally laying on the like kitchen floor with your head next to the cat food bowl sobbing about what you wanted to eat and I was like trying to be so supportive and then I just started laughing at you because I was like and then the best part this is my favorite part is that you like finally finished crying and then I don't even know what you decided but you ended up like maybe like half an hour later I'm like in the kitchen I was like cleaning out the fridge and stuff she's like I think I'm a little emotional You don't know so how funny. frustrating just, it is. I just about like shit my pants. I was like, no, what you you? Um, what do you mean? No, of course you aren't. Like that you felt like you needed to inform me. That okay, you were emotional after crying about what you were gonna eat. It's hard, man. I believe you, but you I don't to- want to eat anything. <laughs> I totally and then the shit that I do want to eat, I'm not allowed to have because we're on a budget. Where suddenly I'm like, I want a burger from like A and W or just some random shit. We're like, no, I can't eat that. And I look in our cupboards and it's like potatoes and spaghetti sauce and shit that I'm like about. So then it's just really frustrating because I know I have to eat and I have to get like a certain amount of calories and a certain amount of protein and a certain amount of calcium and blah 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 blah. And it's so overwhelming because I don't want to eat anything. I know. That it's, it's I, very upsetting. The thing is, I'm not, I'm not trying to, like, I, I, I want to validate how you feel, but you have to see it from my perspective because you seem fucking crazy. 
I and I feel bad. No, and that's the thing. Like you keep saying that I will be pregnant one day and I will go through these things. But I expect you to laugh at me while I'm doing it because I'm going to be ridiculous also. Like pregnant women are ridiculous. It's just a fact. You're totally irrational. You're overly emotional. You have too many. And I keep saying that to you. It's not your fault. You have a lot of hormones in your system. This is to be expected. But that doesn't mean there isn't some humor in it. <laughs> and if I don't laugh at you sometimes, I'm just like, there's, I'm my wife is a, a completely different person. She's, where's my wife? Now she's been replaced with this completely batshit crazy woman. <laughs> because Ange doesn't cry. She's not like a crier. Like you cry at reasonable times at reasonable times so for you to just fully lay on the kitchen floor it's, you know what else and like not cry? just like a couple tears we're talking like sobbing for like five minutes it was like rolling down my face yes oh it, something else that made me cry was um a flash mob that i saw on youtube <laughs> And it wasn't even like it was an emotional flash mob dance. It was like just people dancing like upbeat, <laughs> totally fine. And for some reason, I was just like, look at all those people working so hard. Just wanting everyone to be happy. Anyway. I mean, I'm, I, I definitely am like more emotional in, as I get older and things like, I think this is probably because of what we're kind of living through right now, but pictures of babies or parent, like families doing wonderful like togetherness things like all that stuff i'm just like that's so beautiful but that's not the same as what happened to you no oh no it's cute but it's like it's i find it so endearing it makes me love you even more i think it it was adorable okay that's good yeah i'm not like i'm not like fuck that bitch i'm like oh you poor thing Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know that's how i feel most days i'm just so frustrated with the food situation anyway well we're all that i really want to eat is like white bread toast well there's some white bread at home i know but like i bought that and i know that it's not great for me but i'm like whatever i think it makes me happy and i'm like less frustrated about eating then i don't really care well then that's better for you overall and i think I mean, as long as you're having your shakes, you're still making sure you eat some vegetables. If that's what you're eating, then it's okay. Um, You've gone off of salad. That's like not working for you for whatever reason. Except last night I had the biggest craving for Caesar salad. Yeah. And so I went and bought one from (laughs) Safeway. You're like, I don't want a salad unless it's really unhealthy. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously. Mm. Oh my God. It was so good. And then I thought we had chicken. We didn't have chicken. No, I ate it all because you wouldn't eat it because you were like, I made all this chicken for you. So you would have something that was high protein that would be easy to grab. And then you were like, I can't eat chicken. It makes me want to barf. So I was like, okay, well, I guess I'm eating all the chicken then. Yeah. Story of my life right now. I feel like a garburator. I literally am like, (laughs) oh, you can't eat that? I guess I'll eat that. Oh, this doesn't work for you today? Okay, I'll eat that then. Like, I'm not eating what I want to eat. I'm eating what you won't. (laughs) So... Mm. Uh, is that like the dad? I feel like that's like the dad role. Like my dad was the was like the oh you're not going to finish that I'll eat it. Oh it just out of like pure like I don't want to see food go get wasted. And I used to think it was so silly when I was younger, and now I'm like I get it. I don't want to see food wasted. Either. I don't get that at all. Well, because unless the food is going to like a starving child, it doesn't matter. It's not worth because I've seen you and what? I've done this. I'm about to explain it. Oh, I've seen you do this and I've done this myself where you're like. I don't want this to waste. But then you shove it in your mouth. You feel fucking sick. It's not good. Why would I feel sick? Because you're overeating. Something? Just because no, no, you no. Need I'm to not. T- I'm not talking about finishing food. I'm talking about I'm going to look in the fridge and what do I want to eat versus what is in the fridge that needs to be eaten because it's not been eaten yet. I'm not talking about overeating. Right. But I'm not going to be one of those parents that forces my kid to finish their plate. No, we're not going to do that. It's not necessary. Um, we're also not going to be the kind of parents that are like, sure, have dessert, even though we wouldn't eat anything on your dinner plate. So, you know. No, but I I think that le- that can lead to like serious food issues. Yeah, I have some food issues. And it's definitely because I was like 100% like made to sit at the table until I finished my plate. And I would sit there like everything was cleaned up in the kitchen and the lights were off and I'm still sitting there being like, I don't want to eat it. So did you I, I end have- up eating it? Like, how did that turn out? Would you end up, like, shoveling your face full? Uh, I'd end up... I usually ended up eating it eventually, or they would just get... It would just get late, and I'd have to go to bed. So was it, like, you had to eat it, you had to finish it, 
because your parents were like, I don't want it wasted or because you're like, I don't like this. And they were like, we don't care. Eat it anyway. Kind of both. But that's like really typical of our parents' generation. And I don't think that they were doing anything that they felt was wrong or that anybody knew was like the wrong thing. Um, It also comes from like they were raised by people who went through the depression. It's like a different mindset. Now we know that, you know, it's not great to do that because it's not teaching your kids the the right way to eat. I just mean in the sense that like I'm not freely choosing what I want to eat. I'm eating whatever I've made for you and you've decided you don't want to eat. So I'm like... Yeah. So you're choosing to eat things so that they don't get wasted. You're not like force feeding yourself. No, no. I'm just choosing yeah. like, okay, for lunch at work today, I'll bring that chicken that Ange was supposed to eat or that Ange took to work and then brought home and then took to work and brought home. <laughs> and I'm going to take it to work and actually eat it so it doesn't get wasted because I can't handle just making food and then throwing it away because nobody's like communicating about whether it's like going to be eaten or not. You know, yeah. it's just hard for me to like throw food away because we are on a budget and I do really want to like be as financially like responsible as we can um that's where it's coming from but i still feel like that's such a dad thing i don't know if that's like over across the board a dad thing or if that's just like a my dad thing but i feel like the dad when i'm making those choices i don't remember having family meals i don't remember food when i was a kid like i don't remember that's so weird getting fed by my family that's like such a like familial thing is like meals like for me some of my best associations of like growing up are like around meal times and like things my parents would make and like we would always do big brunches on Sundays and they would make my mom would make pancakes and my dad would make sausages and eggs and it was like this big you know family thing or we'd have like big meals for like special occasions or and that would be the the time that we use the dining room table and like get out the fancy silverware and stuff or like you know, it'd be a big event when dad was making chili. Like, it's just so weird to me that you don't have any of that. It makes me sad for you because I feel like that's a lot of like the glue of a family in a lot of ways. Yeah. I obviously must have been fed. I wasn't like a starving (laughs) child, though I was very skinny. And I don't know if it was just because like food wasn't a big deal. I think that food in your family is like this coming together. It's kind of like this event. That's not just my family. That's like a lot of No, I know. But I'm saying like your family, other families. Normal families. Yeah. But for my family because my mom your mom i don't think she really likes cooking she has like issues with food and there was like other bigger issues going on in my family as well so i just don't know if it just wasn't a big deal so i didn't like commit it to memory but i have like the only thing that i remember is like watching tv and my mom would give me like a bowl of radishes or a bowl of cherry tomatoes and i would like snack on that Mm -hmm. i remember once my dad cooking when i went to visit him when i was older after my parents divorced and he made me like steamed vegetables and stuff. And I was like surprised that he could actually like cook things. Hmm. What about like, your dad seems like a grill man. There was no like barbecues or like that kind know. of thing. No. Like we would have like family picnics where we'd like big extended well, we didn't family have events family and stuff. Things. Like yeah. we did, we did sometimes around like holidays when my brothers would visit and we would like do things together. But as like a thing on like a regular basis, no. And that's totally something that I do want for my kids because once I moved to Canada and I saw my friends doing that and I started going over to my friends for dinner, then it was like, oh, this is cool. I like this. Yeah, I think it's super important. Um, I think it's also like it's also like time for the family to like just be a family, not be distracted, not be doing anything else, not be like watching TV, whatever. And I hate, hate, hate it when people have TVs on for no reason. If nobody's watching it, turn it off. Makes me crazy. But like, I think that just that act of like, we are all going to sit down together, have a meal, talk to each other. What about how our day was or what's bothering us and like clean up together. It's like really important. And it doesn't sound like a thing that makes a big difference, but it does. Like it made a huge difference for me in my life. And I think it taught me a lot about what is important. Yeah. Yeah. Even when I go over to, like, my friend's house for dinner, she and her daughter's only, like, two, but she'll be like, Angie, we don't have phones at the table. And she'll, like, make me put my phone away. Mm-hmm. And it's, I think it's really cool that she's starting that young, mm-hmm. making sure that it's consistent every night. They all eat together at the table. Yeah. And it just, and, like, it's modeling good behavior to your children because it's important to make mealtime a priority, you know? 
you can't it can be really easy to just be like oh just grab a bite and like you know on your way from to whatever like not thinking about it and not like putting any effort into it i think it's important and i mean obviously it's not going to happen every single night but i think if we can do our best that would be my ideal is to have dinner together every night yeah yeah it's good Mm -hmm. i like having dinner with you that's why i don't like some of your shifts because we can't have dinner together yeah and also we've been like making more of an effort to have dinners with our friends too like even if it's like a potluck or like you know so-and-so is hosting this week this month and then next month so-and-so is going to host a dinner and it's like it's like a nice community building thing i think yeah yeah definitely yeah so and i also i mean my family just loves food (laughs) so that's where a lot of it comes from so then you it becomes like a a gathering thing right like oh you're gonna make that i want to learn how to make that let's cook together you know or like let's go shopping for the food together and like it's just like this whole big event yeah something that we were doing for a while with your family that was really cool was the family food challenges where we would draw a different culture so it'd be like spanish or italian japanese and everyone would have to make a dish in that culture and then we'd all vote on who won yeah we haven't done it in a while but it was really good we actually should start that up again it was really fun and like kind of part of the the like genesis of it was to teach my nieces and nephew how to cook or get them like interested in cooking but it's also just like fun. It's just like inspiring and you try different things that you wouldn't normally make and you use ingredients you nor- normally wouldn't use. And I mean, it didn't really matter who won, but it was just like a fun thing. Well, it did, especially when I won <laughs> the Greek challenge. I won a bunch of challenges also. Did you? Yeah. Which ones? I won. Um, oh, what was it? It wasn't. I, what was the one that I made the ceviche? That was Spanish. Yeah. I think I, I won the Spanish one and I won another one. I can't remember what it was. Um, yeah. It's a cool thing. So you guys should consider doing it with your families. It's really neat. We would do it like once every like five or six weeks. And it was just, it was really exciting. It was fun. Yeah. And then like the entertainment is the food instead of like, oh, we just like sit around and like stare at our phones and like kind of talk to each other or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, I am irritated by people. I'm not irritated by you. I think all you that just much. end that sentence. I am irritated by people. Period. But not like by you. There's a couple people that I work with that I want to murder. Um, the guy that helped us get into our vocal booth today. Yeah, you were like super agitated, and I was like, "What is your problem?" Like, I don't know. He just he bothered me. Mm-hmm. And then I thought the other day, I was thinking, I was just like looking at baby stuff. I think. And you know those giant bows that people put on, like, little girls on their head? Mm-hmm. The headband with had, no hair? Yeah. Yeah. I had this thought, and I was like, if someone tries to put one of those giant flowers on my kid's head, I will fucking kill them. <laughs> I hate those things so much. You know, that might be a little extreme, but you can still control what goes on your baby's head. We have a form that we need to fill out for our doula. Mm-hmm. Do you want to answer some of the questions here? Sure. Okay. First question. Where are you planning on giving birth? Hmm. In a bed or a pool or our house or a hospital. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think we've actually sorted that one out yet. No. Did we talk about this before where it's like, I understand, like I know the benefits of having a home birth, but at the same time, even though I know it's safe, it still does kind of like freak me out. But I don't really want to be in a hospital because hospitals suck. Well, I thought we were kind of just going to go with, like, if we are candidates for home birth, then we'll probably do that. But if we're not, then we'll just have to go to a hospital. It'll just depend on how the pregnancy unfolds, right? Yeah. But even if I was a candidate for home birth, I don't know. I don't I don't know if it would just, like, trigger my anxiety or something. Yeah. it's kind. Of, but also, I think it would – there are aspects of it that I think would help with your anxiety because you'd be home. And home is always like a good safe place for you when you're feeling anxious. So I think there's a lot of benefits to it and there's maybe some, some negatives to it. So we're just going to have to kind of weigh it out. I don't, I don't feel like we're quite ready to make that decision yet. Yeah. So I guess maybe we can like, I know our midwife does a course on home birth. So maybe after we do that, I already, like, I know a lot about it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Most of our friends have done it. Definitely would be like totally do it to like anybody mm-hmm. like it's safe i know that but yeah i'm not like when it's you not afraid of it like people want to be yeah but it's different when it's like you in the situation are there any special circumstances that might 
affect your birth plan? I don't think so. Well, like, have we talked about wanting to use drugs or not? No, I haven't decided. Yeah, like, I, if it were up to me, I would say we shouldn't. Okay, here's the thing. I'm of two minds. One, no, it's not necessarily of two minds. It's just sort of, it's like a cognitive dissonance that comes along with childbirth. Because we spend the majority of our life trying to avoid severe pain and suffering. So why is it that when childbirth comes around, it's like you have to endure this horrible pain? Why is it not like, yeah, you should get an epidural because it's fucking horrible? It's not about the the reasons or the, the push behind not using medication is not about you should feel pain. It's about the fact that the medical interventions can interfere with a process that doesn't need to be interfered with. So it's like if you get an epidural, then you it slows down labor. So then you have to take Pitocin, which speeds labor up. And in a lot of cases, that puts more stress on the baby. And then in those circumstances, it's more likely that you'll have to have a C-section because it'll put undue stress on the baby because you're interfering with a process that needs to just do its thing. So that's where the push comes from. And that's where it, that's the thing that I kind of agree with. But I can't tell you not to take pain meds if you're feeling like you want to. I think you agree with me that we'd, if we can avoid C-section, we would like to. Yes. Yes, definitely. I just, I can, I think I can deal with the cramping, like contraction pain. Because that to me, from this point, I mean, maybe it'll change once I actually experience one. But just thinking about it, um, that kind of, it's like a, it seems like it's like a useful pain it comes and then you get a little bit of a reprieve. What I don't want to feel is my vagina ripping. I and that I don't think people actually feel that. I think my friend said she <coughs> felt it and told the doctors or told her midwife, I'm tearing. And they were like, they were like, you got to get the baby out. So they Okay, just, but the person you're talking about, that was pretty extreme tearing. Like most people don't have that kind of tearing. And that was also, that was also back when and I say back when it wasn't actually that long ago, but uh, the convention used to be that as soon as there's like evidence of meconium that the baby needs to come out right away. And they're saying now that it's actually not, not necessary that in most cases, babies can work it out for themselves and it's safer to just let things happen naturally, even if there is meconium. Yeah. So it's, I think it really depends on, it's, it's really hard to make decisions because I don't know. I feel kind of like it's good to have an idea of what we don't want instead of trying to f- plan out exactly what we want because we can't control it. Birth is going to happen. It's going to unfold the way it's going to unfold and we won't be able to decide exactly what's going to happen. Um, so I think we just have to go into it with an idea of what we don't really want and what we'd pr- like to avoid, but try and be flexible about it. I would really, I think for you, I mean, I think most people would agree with this that C-section is not ideal because it's major surgery. If you, have, if you can avoid major surgery, that's better because there's fewer risks of complications, of infections, um, the recovery time is quicker. Some so. people love them, though, and opt for them. They're just like, <clears throat> yeah, my baby's going to be dormant this day. Da, yeah. da, da, go in, take Some it people out. love them for lots of reasons, but I don't think those reasons apply to us. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, I, would, I don't think I would want my uterus cut open. Yeah, and like it's, they cut through your entire abdomen you have to recover you know it's like yeah it's not ideal i don't think that it's like as negative as some people make it out to be i just don't think that it's necessary uh, it's it seems to me unnecessary to opt for surgery if you don't need it just like across the board in anything you're talking about yeah and i i would say the same thing about like cosmetic surgery so um judge me if you want that's just how i feel but again it's your body so it's really hard for me to decide what's right but it's also my baby, so it's a. I feel. I feel like I. I don't know how, what I'm allowed to insist on. You know, <laughs> I'll let you know. <laughs> okay. So the next question: What are you most excited about for this birth? I just am really excited about the experience of like being there together and like probably one of the most like real like intense things that we'll ever go through. I think just the experience of it, like, I think it's going to be hard. It's going to be really exciting. It's going to be really emotional. It's going to be really, like, stressful. It's going to be a lot of things. But I think just I'm excited to experience all of it together because it's something totally new for us. Yeah. 
And I think it'll make us even closer than we are now. Hmm. I think I'm just excited to get the baby out. Yeah. And to see it for the first time. Yeah. Yeah. I and think the anticipation of like once the contractions start and it's like, oh shit, this is it. I think I'm a shit little bit. It's ex- getting real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm excited for like that moment of like, oh my God. Yeah. Any like soon. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just, yeah. And I, then I'm excited for like everyone to come over and meet the baby. And then for you, I think I've, I'm really excited for us to like get so much time to like just be together as a family. I'm really, really stoked about that. I'm currently doing my best to shift trade all my shifts in September so that I can have a whole month off, which is just really awesome. I'm so excited about that. Yeah, me too. Cause I want to get in to like good routines before you go back to work so that it's not like you're back at work and I don't know what to do with myself. Yeah. So that we have time to sort of like adjust and transition. Yeah. So that you're not just like, okay, deal with it. You're on your own. Yeah. Bye. Any specific worries? Yeah. Oh my God. So many. I'm worried about complications. I'm worried about like that, like the like worst case scenario things where like, oh, the baby could die or, oh, the mother could die or, oh, they might both die. Like I don't, it terrifies me because it's like the two most important people in my entire life that matter more to me than anything else. Me? You. Oh. And the potential that like something could go wrong, it terrifies me. People don't die in childbirth anymore, It happens. It really? can happen. It's not unlikely. It's not, or not, sorry. It's not, <laughs> it's not unheard of. It's unlikely. It's uncommon. It's not like the norm, but it just, it, I don't know anything where I feel like, I mean, I know you could like something could happen at any point. You get hit by a car. You could like have an aneurysm, like shit could happen at any point, but it just seems like the kind of thing where like there's more chances for something to go wrong and it's scary. I don't want to lose you. I'm not done with you yet. Yeah. I don't, I would like to know the like statistics on how often women die in childbirth if in normal circumstances, not like giving birth in a bush in like the yeah, middle yeah. of nowhere or something mm-hmm. completely crazy. I want to know just like regular birth, what the fuck can happen? I'm also scared that you're going to just hate me the whole time and just be like, get the fuck away from me and like, won't want me like by your side and that it won't be like this beautiful experience that I really hope it is. No, I don't think that would happen because you're, like, the best person who knows what I need, I think. As long as you're not, like, pushing shit on me that I don't want. And if you're actually there for me and not for, like, what you want or what someone else wants, you know what I mean? Well, there's nothing really... what you want doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> I've, I've, I've come to, like, accept <laughs> that that's pretty much the truth across the board. I don't think that there there's anything that I'm going to want in that moment other than for you to be okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so if I'm like, fill up the bathtub, and you're like, no, I don't want to, uh, then I'm going to be like, fuck you, bitch. Does that sound like me? I'm just saying, if you're worried about it, these are things you can do. Just do what I say. Okay, but does that actually sound like me? Could you really picture, like, you're in labor, and you're asking me to do something <laughs> for you, and I'm like, I don't feel like it. Fuck you. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds like me? No. There we go. No, I kind of feel like I'll do anything to make things better for you and make things easier. I'm worried about having anxiety during it. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't want to have... Well, like, worrying about worry is like the most insane thing in the world. <laughs> I don't want to be anxious. Like I can be in pain and, you know, whatever, but I don't want to be dealing with that on top of everything. And it might happen, but just like the thought when I was watching the Queer Mama video series and she was talking about how she was like in the middle of her C-section and she was having a panic attack, like that just sounds so torturous to me yeah but i think i mean there are definitely circumstances where it could trigger like an anxiety panic moment but i think also like when you're in the middle of it like you're in hard labor it's pretty hard to be anxious because you're just feeling everything physically you know like it's that um it's that idea that like when you're anxious it's your body is triggering your parasympathetic nervous system right your your fight or flight response but when there's actually something physical happening, it's harder for that to happen. Yeah. You know, that's why they say a lot of times when you're having a panic attack, like do something physical, go for a walk, do some jumping jacks. Like it kind of 
shocks your body out of it because your body is like needing an adrenaline and energy for other things. Yeah. So I, it's not that it's like completely impossible, but I feel like it's not quite as likely as you might think it is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So if you start getting anxious while you're going through labor, I'm just going to make you do jumping jacks. <laughs> the baby falls out, smacks its head. <laughs> or like, it's it's like a bungee, bungee cord. cord. <laughs> do we have any spiritual or philosophical beliefs fuck no that we would like to be respected during the birth fuck no if somebody starts praying they're gonna get ejected (laughs) no prayer no universe talk just fucking talk about what's happening yeah we're pretty straightforward people yeah don't start telling me to trust the like mother earth will like get (laughs) us through this shit like that's that that will just annoy me no i think just like science telling me like the baby's head is made to come out of the birth canal. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Not like, trust that your baby knows how to birth itself. I can't yeah. handle the, like, Yeah, the touchy-feely granola talk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the crunchy. I think that's what they call it, the crunchy talk. Yeah, I can't. I can't do that. Trust your body. It knows the way. And it's like, it's not that that's, like, a bad message. It just, like, <laughs> yeah. It's annoying to us, I guess. Um, you know what else actually worries me? Having a baby with one of those like freaky cone heads, I know that it goes away, but I think that I would be. It'll be that shocking. It doesn't it's shocking? Yeah, it looks fucked up. I know. <laughs> There's another uh, argument for C-section. <laughs> no cone head baby. Yeah, you know what? I like that because <laughs> cone head really does freak me out. How does it know to just go back? It's not that it knows. It just like resettles into how it's supposed to be. It only becomes cone-headed because it's being shoved through a tiny canal with like insane force and their skull bones aren't all fused yet. Oh my God, that's going to be our kid. I'm just so convinced that my birth canal is tiny, just like my vagina is tiny. <laughs> I have a very small situation. That's the weirdest grossest thing you've ever said like you're talking about a birth canal which is like not inherently sexy and you're trying to make it sound sexy it's weird i wasn't making it sound. all i'm saying <laughs> is that my only situation down there is her face on she's point. making like <laughs> i don't have no floppy vagina floppy? my vagina is like <laughs> what what are you gonna say you you know that our child will listen to this one day it's like drawstrings that are pulled so oh my tight God. <laughs> okay and moving on um i do feel a little jealous i'm not gonna lie i feel jealous because like i want my body to be changing i want to be feeling a baby inside of me you will I, but that's Very the thing soon. like i know i will i just i just want it to be happening already too oh. But I'm also like really enjoying watching you go through it. <laughs> um, not in a, I don't mean that it, like I meant that sincerely. Um, I think it's really fun and it's really like exciting and it's kind of like a, like a cheater for me because I get to watch you go through it before I go through it. So I sort of know what to expect. Yeah. Well, thank you for letting me go first. I don't believe there was an option for anything else <laughs> but you don't feel like resentful no you were totally no. okay with it no there's no so, resentment. like i was like i'm going first and you were like no and i was like fuck you no the minute it came up it was like you're going first yes of course you are it just is like obvious that you need to yeah you need a baby up yeah <laughs> well i have to say that you've been taking wonderful care of us you've been so good and i've been actually a little bit surprised that you haven't been more like grumpy with me because i'm i know that i'm so whiny and needy and like Mm -hmm. not making any sense half the time and demanding yep and you're just sort of like okay and just doing things with like a smile on your face and even when i change my mind or whatever you're not you don't get upset with me you're just like okay continuing on and i really appreciate it i don't want to put any extra pressure on you and i'm also, like, this is like a down payment on when I'm pregnant. <laughs> I expect the same. <laughs> no, it just, honestly, it feels really nice. I, I, I am really enjoying getting to take care of you, and I do feel, like, really protective, and I just want to make this as easy on you as it can be because I know it's hard. Yeah. And watching you, like, struggle, it's it's tough. Yeah. But I, I've also been really impressed at, like, how aware you are, like, how self-aware you are. That you're not, like, freaking out at me and, like, blaming me for stuff and getting mad at me and not realizing that, like, you're actually just 
feeling that way because of your hormones, not because I've done something, you know? Yeah. Like you haven't really, I think you've been really um, rational about it in your sort of emotional mm-hmm. insanity, <laughs> if that makes sense. So I think my, n- my goal for the next little while is to try and get more exercise. Mm-hmm. I want that. I need to do that. Is there anything that I've done that's been like really unhelpful? A couple times you've gotten like upset about a food situation, which is really frustrating just because the fucking food thing is frustrating. Upset what? What was I upset about though? Well, just like if I don't eat something, then you're like, but we made it for you and you wanted it. It's like, yeah, I did. And now I don't. And if I put it in my mouth, I'm going to barf. I feel like where I'm being a little bit pushier, being a little less like do whatever you want is like forcing you to have vegetables because you haven't had like an appetite for them. But I know that it's really important that you have them. So, yeah, like I made you have a salad the other day and you were like, "Eh, I think we're doing okay. I think we're getting there. Yeah. And fingers crossed that you'll just feel better after the first trimester is over, which is I think today is technically the nine week mark. So, yeah. yeah. So like our next three to four more weeks, hopefully you'll start feeling better. The next thing we have to do, we're going to see our midwife on the third. Mm-hmm. So we have to talk about the testing, the screening stuff, the like genetic yeah. screening stuff, and which I think we have a pretty decent handle on. Do you, Are we on the same page? I actually. Yeah, I think we should just do the basic one and then see what happens. Yeah. And That's if we get fine. a false positive or we get a positive or whatever, we won't know if it's false or not. Then we'll get the next test to like clarify it and just try not to be insane about yeah. it. Yeah. Anyway, so we will, I think that's it. Anything else? Nope. Just thanks for being understanding that we're not like as on schedule as we normally are. Mm-hmm. We're doing our best. We really are still making it a priority, but it's tough right now. And we figured out how we're going to announce it on Facebook. Ooh, yes. It's so, going to be so amazing. Wait, don't spoil We're not going to tell you, but just, just be ready because it's <laughs> going to be awesome. See you next week when we'll tell you all about Angie's new crazy emotional reactions and weird food issues. I just don't know what I want to eat. <laughs> Let's just not do the podcast at all. <laughs> the Baby Mama's Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Baby Mama's Podcast. Make sure to like them on Facebook and give them a great review on iTunes. Have a good day.